to a young man and I'm watching him move out of the young man season going into a middle-aged man. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate that. And I, I enjoyed that selection simply because it will actually uh, fold into what I want to address uh, this, this morning. The song that he sang talks about the peace and the calm of the Lord. And as we all are very, very aware, right now it seems to be anything but calm. So this morning I'm going to embark on, I guess we would say, um, understanding or wrapping our minds around uh, chaos and what to do about it. And during the winds of chaos, there is something we can do, which we will uh, see unfold here shortly. There are several scriptures that I want to mention before I, I get into this, and that is, I think they capture uh, our, our season that we find ourselves in right now. Book of Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah wrote, and he said the a sound of battle is in the land and of great, great destruction. How the hammer of the whole earth has been cut apart and broken. Writer of Proverbs says, There is always a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is always the ways of death. And finally, the prophet Isaiah says this, the wicked are like a troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. That is actually a description of what I would term uh, chaos. Uh, in fact, that has been the word that I've seen throughout all the news and articles and things that I read this week is chaos, total chaos, complete chaos in different parts of the world, not only, uh, not only in the Middle East, but even here in our own country, in our own area, there seems to be just chaos. And to understand chaos, uh, it's a state condition where everything seems to be out of order. Everything seems to be in disarray, seems to be in shambles, a level of lawlessness, uh, disorder, havoc. I mean, we can go through the list. Confusion, which I'm hearing frequently. Discord, turmoil. Um, there was one word I came across that I thought actually was very accurate, uh, what they called uh, mobocracy. In other words, it's a confusion that comes from mobocracy or a mob. The opposite of that, though, is just what we heard in this hymn. The opposite of chaos is calm, order, peace, and quiet. So, as we get into this this morning for a little bit, let's consider this. During the winds of chaos, let's read what the psalmist said. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted 
among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. So let's think of it in this way. Let's cut my introduction and just think of this. During winds of chaos, be still and know that I am God. That's what I would like to address this morning. Uh, for our sake, um, whereas in chaos or in, in, in troubled times, it, it probably threatens us, but what I want us to understand this morning is it does not threaten God. And so uh, let's first of all consider this. Why, why does there seem to be not only presently chaos, but why has there always been uh, chaos? Well, Job records this, and I think it's very interesting. He says, affliction or problems, they do not come from the dust or out of nowhere, nor does trouble spring from the ground. Man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. But as for me, Job writes, I would seek God, and to God I would commit my cause, who does great things. They are unsearchable, marvelous things without number. And then he gives a list in his passage, and he says this. He says, he frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot carry out their plans. He catches the wise in their own craftiness. The counsel of the cunning comes quickly upon them. They meet with darkness in daytime and grope at, at the noontime as it were night. He later on says this, he says, with the ancient is, is wisdom, and in the length of days understanding. God is one who breaks down, so much so that it cannot be built up again. He shutteth up a man, and there can be no opening. He withholds, he withholds waters, they dry up, he sends them out, and they overrun the earth. With God, with him, Job states, is strength and wisdom. He leadeth counselors away spoiled. He makes judges like fools. He leads princes away spoiled, and he overthrows the mighty. He pours contempt, God does, upon princes, and he weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He increases nations and destroys them, but he also enlarges nations and builds them up again. Job goes ahead and concludes this particular passage by saying this, He taketh away the heart of the leaders of the people of the earth. Why is it that we tend to have so much chaos? Well, because as I mentioned, there is a way which always seems right to us, but the end thereof are always the ways of death. Left to our own hands and our own devices, we think we know how to solve this problem or how to embark on this endeavor, but yet we find time and time again that our best laid plans are actually not well thought out to the point that we suffer not only from the consequent of maybe making a wrong decision, but we also suffer from unintended consequences that due to our lack of wisdom or knowledge, we just simply cannot see. While we think as mankind, we're doing something great, we end up finding that what our, our idea of greatness was was actually a destruction to the point that so often we discover that our remedies are actually worse than the cause. 
So that's kind of why, at least in my mind, chaos will always be around. The only reason it would not be around is if all of mankind and all of humanity would trust God. But we know that that's not going to be the case. Our Lord said it was not going to be the case. God said it was not going to be the case. He offers it for anyone and everyone, but not anyone and everyone want to listen to God. So when I think about this and I think about chaos and I think about why it is this case, <clears throat> why is it then, the next question, why is it that in, in the midst of chaos, why should I be still and listen to God? There are so many other voices. They're loud. They drown out not only other voices, but they even drown out our reason, our logic. Think about this. The voices of chaos that we are hearing right now, the winds of chaos, they are drowning out your security of your heart. They're drowning out your ability to think through things. They're drowning out everything that we beforehand had thought was solid within our hearts and lives. But right now, there are so many people that are just wondering, what will the world be like, not next year, not next century, what will the world be like on Monday? We don't know. So, because the only other option, or one option, is to listen to mankind, it only takes a little bit of experience to realize, uh, and failed endeavors, to realize that mankind on their best day just simply cannot do well. We try, but we're trying from a, a debit. We don't have the wisdom, nor do we have the experience. When you think about it, in fact, it's interesting in research. Most people, and, and this is, in fact, this is how they actually divide all the generations. Generation next, Z, they divide it by experience. So when you take, let's say, the boomer generation or the X generation or the millennial or Z, all knowledge and all decisions and, and everything is based on just how long they have lived. Well, that's not very long. It's not very long at all. But yet we find that time and time and time again, that that is the basis for all decisions, all rationale, is not so much what the eternal word of God says, but this is what I think because this is what I discovered today. And so because of that, I don't really like that option. I don't like that alternative because, again, living long enough or seeing long enough, you're able to see that, again, like I say, on our best day, we seem to... Uh, we seem to drop the ball when we're only juggling one. So, be still and know that I am God. What will that give to us today? Well, like I said, it will certainly give the opposite of what chaos is. What is that? It will give us calm. It gives you calm to listen to the Lord, just like what was sung. It, it will give an a sense of order in your life where there seems to be nothing but disorder. The thing that seems most evasive is peace. 
We do not live in a time and we are not experiencing a time of peace right now. And I'm not talking so much about the physicality of wars and things, though that is a threat. I'm talking about the peace of one's heart. We have so much technology in our land and in our world today. We have so much access to knowledge. Uh, we have so much access to so-called friends and things, but yet studies are showing that especially right now, we are feeling more lonely than ever before. It's interesting phenomena. So what is the advantage uh, to be, just be still and, and, and know that I am God? You know, I've said, my grandpa always said it, um, he, did, he didn't, he wasn't a wheat farmer, but I always tell people, my grandpa always said, but it's, here's something I observed. If you stand still in a wheat field, even though there doesn't seem to be any breeze, eventually you'll see where the wind's coming from and which way the wind is blowing. And by being still, we can understand that things, while they may seem in disarray and out of control, by being still, we, we hear that soft, present, powerful voice of God Almighty to our heart. It may not be the same level that we hear or that we read about, but it is nonetheless significant as it bears down upon our heart, mind, and soul. So by being still and listening to God and knowing that as God, we also not only have peace, but we have a sense of quiet. It's deafening all the things that we're hearing right now. It's deafening the, the, the voices of chaos and the, all, everything that's going on. It's deafening. But it's not only deafening to the ear or to the eyes as you read it, but it actually is deafening your heart. It's deafening your confidence. It's, it's deafening everything within us. And that is why we are so unsettled. But God says, be still and know that I am God. The psalmist, as he wrote this, I think took into account not only what others have said. Here's what others said. The psalmist wrote one time, he said, let all the earth fear the Lord. Because when he speaks, it happens. He commands, it stands fast. That's something we don't have right now. We hear from week to week, month to month, year to year, this is going to happen, it doesn't happen, or this is what should happen and it doesn't happen. But when God speaks out of his mouth, when his words come forth, as the psalmist wrote, it happens and it stands fast. I like what the psalmist said when he said, the Lord brings the counsel of nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. That's pretty heady, to be honest with you, especially everything that's going on right now. But then the writer of Proverbs says something else that actually validates that. He says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like the rivers of water. He turns it as he wishes. Every way of a man is right in his own ways, but the Lord weighs the heart. So that's what others have said. But what has God said himself? 
we have it preserved in the scriptures. And, and, and like I've shared with you, I, I chose to believe the scriptures were trustworthy. No, wasn't always that way. I used to, uh, in fact, part of my work uh, in, in college and graduate was to find flaws in the Bible. But in doing so, I realized that, no, they're not flaws. They're actually give enough time and watch enough, you see that God's word actually is true, and it does come to pass. Here's what God says. Told Isaiah, Isaiah 55, Isaiah, write this down for my people. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That's what God says. And then he told Isaiah also in another place, and I think this is significant for us. Isaiah, write this down to my people because sometimes they're afraid. God says, fear not, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, I'm your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand because my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, say the Lord. So when I think about during the winds of chaos, God invites each one of us to simply be still and know that he is God. Now, I find the opposite also is worth consideration. If I'm not still, if I allow distractions, or if I busy myself with all kinds of things that are going out in the world, I think the opposite is also true, contraposition. If I'm not still, I will never know God. I will never hear him. I will never have that opportunity to open my heart to him. But if I'm still, the quiet of the day, shadows in the night, the peacefulness of being alone, then I can hear God. Be still and know that I am God. So for us today, here's what I would say. And you know, I don't have a lot to say about chaos. That's why this morning is not a long sermon. I don't have a lot. In fact, to talk very much about chaos is very tiresome for me. It's tiresome when I read about it all week or when I read this or that. I get exhausted. But I find that when I look at God's word or when I read God's word or when I seek what he has said, I find I'm not tired. I find that I'm actually rejuvenated. As I've said before, God's word is better than counting sheep when you can't go to sleep. Here's what Jesus said as I kind of cinch this down. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, he said. I've overcome the world. Tribulation, interesting word. We think of tribulation as kind of an, uh, I, I don't know, an impersonal condition of humanity. 
But here's what it means. Here's how it translates. Tribulation. In the world, you will have affliction. You will have trouble. You will have anguish. You will be burdened. And remember what the Lord said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So for us, this is the world that we're in. Wished it was better, but by our hand it will never be better. No, by our hand, we'll think the way to solve chaos is to build a big tower of Babel or to breach this or breach that. But no, according, according to what the psalmist write, the best thing for us is not to try to second-guess humanity, not to try to second-guess what Monday will hold. The best thing for us during the winds of chaos is be still and come to know God. Ryra Proverbs said this, he said, The horse, according to mankind, is always prepared for battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. It's like Jeremiah said, well, the sound of battle seems to be everywhere in our world right now. And according to humanity, they've got this plan or that plan or whatever. Now, let's see what the writer just said. Deliverance is of the Lord. I like what he told Moses. I like what uh, the Lord instructed Moses. When Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they had been, uh, you know, had all kinds of problems, all kinds of deals. And they come and they find themselves blocked off by the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's army is chasing them. Doesn't seem that there's anywhere that they can go. None whatsoever. Moses is listening to the clamor, the chaos of all the people saying such things as, we should have stayed in Egypt. At least we would have been safe instead of coming out here to die in the wilderness. Moses was distraught completely. So he goes to the Lord. And the Lord tells him, he says, I want you to tell the people this. So Moses goes back to the people and he says what God told him to say. And this is what he said. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you and you may have your peace. I like that. It's not only a historical antidote. It's the scriptures that have been preserved, I think, for us. The psalmist wrote later on in his life, he said, Truly, my soul silently waits for God, because from Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I will not be greatly moved. And then again, I like what Isaiah, after he had heard the prophet Isaiah, God had told him different things to, uh, to write and everything. He writes in one of the passage, he says this, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even those who are young, they faint and they are weary, and young men even fall. But to those who wait on the Lord, the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this morning, in closing, as we think about the world that we're in, during the winds of chaos, be still and come to know God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the time to be in your house. But more importantly, I thank you for your words that are far superior to all the other words that we hear and that we hear time and time again, day in, day out. Those words, Lord, seem to create fear in our hearts, whereas your words give calm and peace and comfort. So I'm thankful this morning that we can come and hear and read and embrace your words. We do pray for our world, but Lord, you know all. Everything is in your hands, and so we trust you. I pray today, Lord, that you would comfort us, your children, that we would not be afraid. May we remember that you will be with us, you will guide us, you will hold our hand and strengthen us. Thank you for all your many blessings, but especially on dark days, I thank you, Lord, for being the light of our heart and giving us hope to trust in you. And we'll give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we come to a close. And we're going to sing a verse and sing a, sing a hymn this morning. It's a good hymn, a wonderful message. But as we sing together, let your heart rest in what we've read today. Be still and know God. So what page? 436. 436. Let's sing together. 436. As we sing as his children. I can hear my sing.